0: Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron.
1: name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
2: Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you for the gift of our lives. We thank you for the gift of our church. We thank you for the gift of our faith. We ask that you continue to grow that faith in our hearts, that You help us to be the witnesses that you've created us to be so that the world would come to know you and come to know your love. We ask all this in the intercession of Mary, our mother, as we pray. Hail Mary. Full of of grace, grace. the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, women, and and blessed
1: is the fruit of thy womb, womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron have a power pack show today. Today's guest is John Ray Perkins. He is the Director of Adult Formation at St. Pius X. Welcome to the show, John Ray. Thanks, Todd. And our co-host today will be Mr. Brandon Bajeron, no stranger to the show. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks for having me. All right, hey, hey, John Ray, let's get it going. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: So um, I am uh, 40 years young. I have been Catholic all of my life. Um, I have four kids, I've been married for 15 years. Fortunately, I have a beautiful wife because I got cute kids.
1: Nice, all right, how did you and Alicia meet? Uh, t- tell us that story, we like Cajun love stories on this show.
2: Um, so we uh, were invited to a bed and breakfast uh, for a party with people involved in ministry. The, a friend of ours kind of rented out this bed and breakfast in Bridge. I don't remember which one it was. Um, it was the night before abbey youth fest i do remember mm-hmm. that because we were supposed to my roommate and i were supposed to be at abbey U fest at 7:30 in the morning it's in covington so it's like two hours away right um we stayed a little late because i met a beautiful girl and um we left lafayette at 7:30 in the morning mm-hmm. um so we laughed about that later anyway <laughs> alicia was there um she was wearing a black sleeveless shirt and a red skirt um And I'll never forget what she was wearing that night. Um, We started chatting. I found out that she was the oldest of nine. Um, And so uh, my my pickup line was, you know, uh, I said, so I bet you could cook. I have no idea how to cook. Here's my phone number. Would you come over to my apartment one day and cook for me? And she agreed to. Um, It wasn't a great pickup line, but here we are 20 years later.
1: (laughs) I love it. Holy Spirit had some involvement in that. Go ahead, Brandon. I'll let you jump in here.
0: Well, I was just going to say, my wife and I had the same thing, where on our first encounter, first date, we, we both actually wore the exact same colored shirt and shorts. So it's funny how you remember what your wife was wearing the first time you take her on a date or ask her out when she captivates your mind yes oh yes
1: (laughs) so the holy spirit speaks to me through numbers and uh, a lot of our avid listeners know my number 16 and uh, brandon's 11 and you know we all have a family number holy spirit and like one of our good friends ben domain he he tells me the holy spirit speaks to him through colors talking about colors how does the holy spirit communicate with you
2: You know, so um, it it took me a while to kind of come to that realization. Uh, Father Michael Delcombe was my spiritual director for almost uh, a little over a decade. And he speaks to me through my kids. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, it's the the heart of the father um, that reveals, you know, it's my heart as a father that reveals the heart of the father to me. You know, and so uh, an image that he oftentimes takes me back to is me rocking my oldest to sleep. And just the realization that this baby... Who, who knows who knows nothing, right, um, feels safe. Because, I mean, I would imagine that as a baby, it's instinctive, right? You know when they don't feel comfortable. Would you agree with that statement, Brandon? Definitely. <laughs> um, and, and the fact that they, they're going to fall asleep in my arms lets me know that they, they know that they're loved and they know that they're safe. Um, and so oftentimes, God brings me back to that image um, to remind me that, you know, hey, I'm safe and I'm loved and, and he's here with me.
1: So, you know, you're the ultimate um, St. Joseph, and I, I did a, just a little research, didn't find a little bit online, but I saw that you worked in a workshop with your, fa- with your father, and I'm like thinking, this guy is St. Joseph, you know. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, so um, my dad uh, my dad used to replicate antique furniture, um, and he would actually, he he would tell you he built antique furniture. Um, it takes 25 years for a piece of furniture to become an antique. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he would build furniture for um, a, a, a store that's since gone out of business. That's kind of how he worked his way through college. Um, and when he graduated college, there was a period of time that he had a, a furniture restoration company. Dad could, You could bring dad a, a table that was broken and he could replicate that table in such a way that you wouldn't be able to tell the difference wow. between the two. I mean, He's, he, he is phenomenal, and I picked up a few tips and tricks from him. Um, I couldn't rep- replicate a piece of furniture the way that he can, though.
1: But, but in the spiritual side of that, I, I'm sure y'all had quite a few conversations in that workshop, for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, well, That Brandon. just reminds me of, uh, you know, you were saying St. Joseph and, and the work that they do, but the power of working with hands and seeing a father figure working with his hands and that— That model that you had every day, Um, it reminds me of that scripture verse with Jesus, how he grew in stature and wisdom, Um, and then we don't know anything about what Jesus did for however many years until his ministry, and all that time, you know, that reflection that we can have of Jesus working with St. Joseph in that workshop, and how powerful that was for his life, and how powerful it must have been for you. Sure. Um
2: fortunately my dad unlike St. Joseph never lost me, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so um your day job when, you, when the the paying job is a, as a real estate agent here in Lafayette and um and I find you know I was praying about this morning and one of the things I I thought that was pretty interesting that came to me through prayer was like I've always felt like you know when they say you, you go to heaven you go home, you go to your home and everyone who is live in that state of sanctifying grace, or you know, when they die and they hopefully get to heaven, they they're actually going back to their home. I mean, that's what the Holy Spirit revealed to me. Like it's your house, and so you're selling people heaven, a slice of heaven, is the way I look at that. But you ever look at it much that way? And tell us how your your job incorporates in your faith.
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of the listeners know, um, because I've bumped into so many Catholic people over the the years and made such great connections. I did 20 years of professional ministry and youth ministry, and still am currently the director of adult formation, as you mentioned.
1: Mm -hmm. I I would say, John Ray, it's a calling for you to have ministered to the youth for so many years, for you to commit to the church like you have, and I'd like to know, where did that calling come from?
2: Mm, That's a good question. Um, So... Uh, in, in fairness, and uh, and if he's listening out there, uh, Austin, know that I love you. Um, my uncle and I, I worked for my uncle's business. Um, my family owns St. Landry Lumber in Opelousas. Uh, and my uncle and I did a lot of hunting together in high school and whatnot. And then when I turned 16, I started working for him, and I worked for him until I was 19. By the time um, I kind of ended my venture there, you know, we were at each other's throats. You know, I, I think you work with some family members. Oh yeah. You know, um, sometimes it's better to not work with family, and, and it can work out great too. Right. Um, so I was kind of looking for something different. Our uh, our youth minister at Saint Peter's in Karen Crow, which is where I got my start in ministry was stepping down because she had adopted her third child mm-hmm. and asked me to kind of step in. And I was a freshman in college at this time, maybe a sophomore. I don't, I don't remember. And right around that same time, I'd been doing it for maybe six months or a year. Uh, Father Bill Malonso got assigned as our pastor and he was looking to hire somebody. And Deacon Jean back and Miss Denise recommended that I get started. And, you know, that was going to be a thing that I did until I graduated from college and I found myself at 22 years old at a Steubenville South conference with a hundred teenagers, um, realizing that man, I really love watching the Lord work in the lives of these young people, and it kind of took off from there. And um, I think I was 37 years old when I stepped out of youth ministry um, because I really felt a calling from the Lord to work with adults at that point.
1: You mentioned they recommended you, and you know, maybe from high school. At what point? Like, at, you must have. Been living some sort of life, whether your prayer life that 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 got you to the point where they said, "Hey, that's the guy," you know. We should ask him. What 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 was it? A supernatural kind of thing, or uh, you know, how, how did you have such a close relationship with the church? You know, at I such love,
2: a young age. I owe that one to my parents. Yeah. um I mean, neither one of my parents, even today, are perfect. Um, both of them, very young in my life, went through a conversion. Uh, I think my mom was the first one. She she made a crusoe, um and started going to daily mass and, uh, I was an altar server at that point. So I started asking my dad to take me to daily mass. And I think at that time he would admit that he didn't really know the Lord. Well, he hadn't made his Crescio yet. Um, and, and he'll tell you the story. The first time I asked him to go to, to go serve for daily mass, he looked at me and told me no, <laughs> and he wasn't going to take me. And my mom didn't have time to get from work to mass uh, or from work to home and then the mass. And, um, and so I asked him two days later, cause we had, Daily Mass Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at my home parish and he he took me and you know he would go on later to make his crucio because he started coming to Daily Mass because, you know, his oldest son asked him to go to nice. serve. And he would he told me years later, you know, he woke up that first night when he told me no and thought, man, if I die tonight, I gotta stand before God and tell him that I would not take this kid to come and serve on the altar. So okay. they both made crucio and got involved in Father Fry's community of Jesus yes. Crucified which is now being run by Father Michael Champagne. So I can remember spending weekends at the Cursillo Center and at the community. Um, I had an amazing parochial vicar. Um, We called him associate pastors back then. Uh, Father Todd Todd Downs, Father Greg Downs. Um, I can remember, you know, this was back before uh, safe environment protocols and whatnot, (laughs) which was great for me. He'd come pick me up and take me over to the to the church and we'd plant trees together and he'd talk to me about his story and I got to know a priest on a you know on a real level I got right. to see that they were regular ordinary people and I credit that today to you know who I am today that's nice
0: well it's it's amazing how when we vocalize something how much power it has and sometimes our best catholics out there that are listening Sometimes the best Catholics are the ones who maybe didn't believe in God at a period of time or the ones who rejected going to Mass or rejected their faith. And it's amazing how God used your dad's no to help him in his yes. Yeah. And look, look what it did in your life and, and what it, it led you to. Um, but with that, all that said, my question for you um, in regards to you got into ministry and you, know, you had this faith life based on your, your parents' model. Um, But after 25 years of ministry, you had a transition into another field. And our Corporal Works of Mercy, you know, we have to provide and give shelter to our children. And you probably saw that from from your father and your parents. Um, Was that part of it, you know, leading into moving into real estate? And when you did move into that real estate, I know now your wife has kind of come into your business and y'all are starting to work together. Um, What has that been like, that transition of... Going ministry for so long to now being in real estate and working with your wife.
2: So uh, it's not having having been as if it's in past tense, you know. Because uh, I I would hope that you would agree, you know, uh, I approach my business like my, like I approach my ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, it was really a financial reason. Um, I, my goal was to sell 10 houses a year. I, I met with our assistant team leader. His name's Wes Stoniker. Um, he's a big Catholic in the area as well. He uh he said something when he and I were chatting about, you know, when I was asking the questions about real estate, he said, John Ray, I want you to think about all the young people that you've ministered to over the years. He said, they're going to absolutely raise their hand and want to do deals with you. He said, how many of them, now that you're in their life, have, you know, are angry at the church, have stopped praying, have gone through a bad situation, or are angry with God? He said, now you're back in their life and you've reestablished and y'all are... And Brandon, when I tell you, like, I can't count how many times that has happened in a year and a half. Like, mm-hmm. um, and and that was the thing the Lord kept bringing me back to, um, and and He's just really expanded that in my life, and with strangers, you know. Like, I mean, I prayed with you. I pray with all of my clients, you know, um, and I witnessed to all of my clients. I represented two atheists, you know, and they found out that I worked at St. Pius, and. When I got to the house to show them, they were like, What were you doing at Pius? I said, uh, well, you know, I'm the director of adult formation. I also work for the church and blah, blah, blah. They said, Well, we don't believe in God. And I said, That's okay. Um, we're selling a we're buying a piece of property. I don't need you to believe in God. As long as you're okay with, you know, that doesn't change who I am. We wrote an offer on a house that I advised them against and they lost and two months later that that, that house came back on the market and i called him up and said hey are you still interested and he said you know we were we were moving to town because you know uh this person in our family has cancer and that person had cancer and they're both in remission and you know our reasons have changed and and i just said very simply i said you know i believe that god protected you from putting a contract on that house because he knew your reasons were going to change and there was just this pause and then there was a you know what maybe you're right and then we moved on with the conversation
1: you know it's planting seeds I like that. I uh, just want to remind our listeners you're listening to Cajun Catholics Today's guest is John Ray Perkins. He is the leader of adult formation at St Pius the Tenth Church and a real estate agent here in Lafayette and a true soldier for christ and uh when you met brandon i don't know if y'all were strangers prior to but boy you met the right person to pray with (laughs) oh yeah absolutely (laughs) he's ready for that yeah Yeah. i don't think
2: before before that phone call that night you and i had met um no we had not the holy spirit definitely led to our meeting Uh, jessica and i had met right before y'all moved to san antonio yep yeah um and you know uh so there there was that ministry connection
0: yep
1: yeah, I like to say all the good things that happened to Brandon happened through Jessica, which happened through me. You know, I mean, that's how it happened. It all goes back to you. Well, really, it always goes back to God, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. So, uh, tell us. Um, uh, I'm curious. Like in your prayer life, um, do, do you read a lot? Uh, are you a big Bible guy? Uh, what, what What is it that you're, you're into now? That's kind of in your prayer life.
2: And if you'd asked me that question 15 years ago, I wouldn't have known how to answer it. Um, <laughs> me either. And so, uh, you know, that, that was kind of the evolution of what I worked through with Father Michael, you know? Um, and and for me, it, it goes back to just really the simplicity and the beauty of being Catholic. The church gives us the way to pray, right? Um, and, and, and it's through the mass. And for me, I don't all, always get to go to daily mass, but... It's the scriptures. I wake up in the morning and I got my Bible uh, bookmarked to read the readings for the day. Um, and I'm sure both of you are familiar with Lexio Divina. Um, and I like to listen for that word that God puts on my heart from that, from, you know, whether it's the first reading, the, the psalm, or the gospel, and just really sit with that word, you know, in my life and, and, and what that looks like.
1: Nice. So when God looks at John Ray Parkins, what does he see?
2: Who?
1: <laughs>
2: um, man, you like like pulling away scars right now. Um I mean, you know, with with sitting with the Lord what I know that he sees and 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 if I'm being honest, the thing that I I in my own insecurities struggle for him to see, I know he sees a son that he's proud of, you know. I, and and that I try Absolutely. to live like that every day. Um, you know, and I say that confidently knowing that, you know, being real, that's not always that's not always who I show up as.
1: Sure.
0: Yeah, and you know that we cry, Abba, Father, and we are His beloved children. And those of you out there who don't don't know that, and John Ray, as he said, he went through years and years of formation to learn that. And once you know that and you can start to live it, you can live with this new confidence, this new light in your life. Um, how is that light in your life? How are you trying to transform that into your children, into your family? What advice can you give our listeners and other fathers out there um, to allow their children to also cry out, Abba, Father.
2: So for me, you know, God always brings me back to that image of, you know, that little boy in my arms that I'm rocking. And, um, you know, and, and that's the place that I, that I really work at living from, you know, knowing that I am loved because you know scripture says it you know it's not that i that you have loved me it's that i have loved you right and knowing that i am loved because god loves me and then translating that into my family my hope my biggest prayer is that my kids are going to grow up knowing that dad loved them um one of my and, and and this was a realization years later uh one of my friend's wives um, has a phenomenal father who always told her. You know, she knew she knew the love of the father, and she'll tell you this because of the way that her dad loved her. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I heard that, I was like, mm, "That's what I want. That's what I want for my kids. That's my hope for my kids is that they know the love of the father because of how I love them."
0: You can't you can't uh, give what you didn't receive, and we can only get our love from God, and He is love. So that's how we give it out, and it makes perfect sense to me, and hopefully to our listeners. Yeah.
1: We haven't talked on this show at all about The Chosen, and I'm into The Chosen big time. Uh, have you been watching a little bit? Not to, not so much. I, haven't. I can't get... It's, it's so <laughs> aggravating to me. All of my friends around me aren't watching either. I'm like, hey, you got to watch this show. It's so good. Uh, we've been enjoying it at home. I even... I, Brandon and Jess, I can't get them off the ground either on The Chosen. But for those of you out there that have been watching The Chosen, it's, uh, it's beautiful. And I think it's very uh, in line with Catholic doctrine, too. It's not a made by a Catholic, but it's it's beautiful. So along those lines, Jessica sent me down new questions to ask, so here we go. Uh, in your mind, what, what does heaven look like?
2: Mm. Man, y'all keep asking these really <laughs> great questions. You know, I, I think heaven is going to be a place where we, you know, um, we're going to experience God in a way that we've probably never experienced him before. Um, we're going to experience... Knowing that you know all of our wounds, all of our scars, all of our insecurities, all those lies that as humans we tend to live from are going to be removed, you know, and 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 we're going to know how perfectly we are loved, and I think it's just going to be joy and peace. I love that sanctifying
0: grace, right? Hey, hey, and you hey, know uh, <laughs> <laughs> that the best I've heard of of a description of heaven um, is actually you know Revelation. People think it's this great fall on this massive you know event but in reality that revelation is is the mass and a lot of people if you're listening you can experience a glimpse of heaven in mass and it's that peace and that that calm that you're talking about where your sins are forgiven and you're seen truly for who you are and hopefully um, that's a plug for any of you to potentially go to that daily mass and try and use your imagination um, to, to see heaven. And that goes in, in line with the show of the chosen and yeah. in line with your, your imagery of, um, you know, seeing your your children in Christ. And that, that imagination has so much power uh, here on earth to just hope, you know, the scripture says, to think of what is above. So hopefully all you listening out there, just start thinking of what of what is above and start praying with what heaven may look like. Mm, I like that. John Ray, what uh, of the
1: of the Trinity—the Father, Son, Holy Spirit—is there one of those entities that you're more close to, and one that you're further from?
2: You know, I think there's different seasons in my life um, where I've been, you know, really drawn to the Father, or I've really been drawn to the Son, and um, and right now, you know, uh, right now I'm I'm really clinging to the Holy Spirit, you know. Um, uh, I mentioned to you guys on the way here. My father-in-law is in uh, in ICU, and he's been anointed. um, And 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 the 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 reality of what the church teaches about the sacramental anointing is that it has the power to heal. I think that was what last Friday's gospel, Mm -hmm. Um, and um, or no, it was Sunday's gospel. And um, and so you know the 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 power of healing that we find in the in the sacraments comes from the Holy Spirit, and so. Really every day and throughout the day, you know, I'm praying for an unleashing of the the flowing of the Holy Spirit, you know, through my father-in-law so that, you know, um, that grace from that sacrament can can prevail in his life and bring him to healing.
0: What advice would you give uh, those who maybe have lost someone or going through a similar situation? Um, What has you and your wife and your family begun to do for your father-in-law and how can some people get through it with their faith? Look for God in it. Right. It's hard,
2: especially in the midst of it and on the other side of, you know, a a loss, if you've experienced that, Um, where is God in the middle of it? That was one thing that Father Michael always brought me back to in spiritual direction is, you know, what was your sense of God in that moment? And because even in the in the worst tragedies that happen in our life, it's hard to find God in it. But when we do, we begin to find that healing, that comfort and that peace.
1: Yeah, I have a friend, uh acquaintance at work who's, whose father has terminal cancer, just found out, and just having a real hard time with that, and he is as well. And, you know, I heard this, you know, you spend the first third of your life worrying about yourself, everything's about me, and then sort of you spend the second part of your life really with your attention towards your, your children and then your parents. and And then in the last part of your life, you're really back on yourself, you know. And, I, you know, again, with this gentleman that has pancreatic cancer, you know, it's just you and God at that point, you know, that we're all going to die. And it's just I, I, I'm, I'm trying to find the words to help them, you know, to help them cope with that. It's tough. It's uh, it's really tough, you know.
2: Yeah. Sometimes I don't know. You know, I, I think our presence sometimes speaks more volumes i had a friend of mine and she still reminds me of this and i didn't i didn't do it intentionally you know when we when we stumble onto the right thing to do you know Mm -hmm. and i showed up her mom had passed away and i showed up at the funeral home you know because that's what we do we go and we show our support and i just hugged her i didn't i had no idea what to tell her i was close with her mom um her mom was a fantastic cook and i still miss her cooking today um and and all I did, you know, was hug her, and I just held her as she cried for a minute. I said nothing, and to this day, she still thanks me for that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the presence, and I think, I think sometimes in the middle of a tragedy, in the middle of loss, in the middle of suffering, our presence speaks volumes to people more than our words ever can.
0: Yeah, I've heard uh, prayer is acknowledging that God is present. You know, as soon as you acknowledge God, it becomes a prayer, and kind of what you're saying along those lines where just bringing God into that situation, acknowledging that He's there when there's suffering. Um, But also, you're talking about that presence, you know, and there's no more intimacy that you can get than a hug or a smile or you know, something uh, of physical touch. And the beauty of our Catholic faith is we also get that in the Mass. We get that in the Eucharist and we get that Um, whenever jesus is intimate with us in pouring himself out through the eucharist so that we can receive him and find that healing Um, have you found that to be true in your life Um, through the eucharist has there been any healings uh, in your family or in, in your personal life my dad uh my dad tells the story
2: of, of my grandfather. My grandfather was a World War II vet, um, and like most World War II vets, and you know most men his age didn't show a whole lot of affection. Um, and my dad, um, and I come back to this image often, always prayed for my grandfather at the moment of elevation, when the priest would elevate the Eucharist. Um, my my dad said, and I don't know if there's any theologically correctness to this or not, but it makes sense to me. He said that you know that's the most powerful time that we can pray for someone because at that moment time we're timeless right we're mm-hmm. we're connected with every mass that has happened and will happen and um you know as my grandfather started declining in health or it was right after he had a, a open heart surgery um dad was at the house and um he picked him up to help him in bed and um and my, I think my dad was 50 years old and I remember he called me that night in tears and I said, what's up? And he said, uh, he said, Paul told me he loved me tonight. And I said, okay. And he said, I don't know if I've ever heard that from mm-hmm. him, you know, and so, um, so yeah, when there's something heavy on my heart today, you know, or, or, or someone that I know needs prayer, it's at mass at that moment, you know, that witness from my dad, that thing that he taught me, you know, um, that I that I bring them to Jesus in adoration. You know, we had a friend, um, who had COVID? who shouldn't have shouldn't have lived and there was a group of us he was you know one of our one of our core members and there was a group of us we called all the old life team core members together you know past present um and and we had adoration and we lifted him up and um about a month later we got i got a text message from him saying hey you know i'm, I'm going to be going to therapy and in, in a couple of months i'm going to be you know and then a couple of months later i get a phone call from him saying hey i'm going home tuesday you know like it's awesome yeah so so the eucharist is the eucharist is why i am catholic yeah. period
1: time has flown by on us you've been just a great soldier for christ and a blessing to all of us and uh, i hope you'll continue to uh, come back on the show and bring a guest and uh, and thank you for being a blessing and brandon and i's life and finding our grandchildren at home his children my grandchildren <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank you all for having me. You've been listening to uh, Cajun Catholics with John Ray Perkins today. As always, we uh, challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Until next time, God bless.